DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Utah's former athletic director, Dr. Chris Hill. Chris, good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. So I'm, uh, I'm curious here. Uh, I got a hold of you because the news broke that uh, the NCAA, instead of distributing $600 million, is going to distribute $225 million to schools. And, of course, with no NCAA basketball tournament, this makes sense. That's a massive event for the NCAA, and the money gets passed on to schools, and obviously there's going to be a lot less. But, man, this struck me as just, boy, just a, a massive drop in revenue. And uh, when you heard it, what was your immediate reaction? I'm glad I'm sitting here talking to you and retired. That's what my reaction was. <laughs> right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. <laughs> but, yeah, my reaction was it's, you know, uh, I'd be curious how each school is going to handle it. If, you know, if it's, ju- if it's a one-time deal, uh, you know, because they're not going to make it up. If it's a one-time deal, that's a whole lot different than we see that going further. But, you know, the big thing is, is, is how long is this economy going to be keep going down and, you know, what's going to happen with football? Those are the issues that are also really, really big. Finances are a big deal at the collegiate level. Uh, what impact do you think all of this is going to have whenever it does end as far as what the departments would need to do to make sure that they can get back to where they were? Well, you know, I, I mean, you, as we kind of uh, commented a little bit yesterday, you know, there's different kinds of budgets in schools. You know, there's the Power Fives that have really big budgets and, and not to – you know, discount it, but if it's a one-time hit of a million dollars and, you know, you've got a $100 million budget, you should have money in reserve. I know we did have some money in reserve, not huge. I mean, I shouldn't say it seems huge, but 4 to $5 million. At least when I left, I don't know what it is. It might be more, maybe less, who knows. But, uh, you know, the Power Five, I think, can take the hit, uh, you know, understand where it's at, uh, and they reality is is the spring sports. It's kind of a sad thing they're not playing. At the same time, those are the sports that don't generate revenue, and all the travel and recruiting at that time are going to be expenses and not spent. And you know that's a that's a lot of money. I mean, recruiting for football in the spring is huge. I think it's the month of May still. You know, so I see the Power Fives is different. Uh, but obviously, if if football doesn't happen and it kills them. Uh, you know, group of fives are the ones that worry me a little bit because usually their schools don't help them as much as the mid-majors, you know, and, and you know, they may be not able to take the hit as well, you know, and I, I'm talking about, you know, schools that are, you know, I don't know if Colorado State fits in that area, I don't know, and then there's the, you know, the area where Weber and those are with football, and, you know, I think their schools support them, you know, more. So it's funny, the smaller your budget, the school is more apt to help support you through something like this, you know. So uh, the non-football playing schools may be a little tougher, but I still would be confident that somehow the uh, school on a one-time basis might help them. Because, you know, some of the schools that are in, you know, playing basketball without football, I mean, 60, 70 percent of their budget comes from the school. So maybe they can kick in a little more to make that up. So, you know, I'd be nervous about it, but, you know, I'd be more nervous about the economy, people buying tickets and stuff like that. Chris Hill joining us, former Utah Athletic Director. Uh, 
you know, a big revenue stream for a lot of schools is uh, donors writing big checks, and donors tend to be invested in the right. stock market, and we all know what's going on there. I mean, it changes day to day, but, you know, big picture, it's it's way down, obviously. Yeah, so that, how that, much that's is, a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. I mean, you see schools putting off their deadlines for football season sales, and that would be a huge concern, too. You know, that that's, you know, depends on each individual school. You know, the the good news is that we have, uh, you not we, now the university, I'm not we anymore, that, uh, you know, the university has a lot of different donors and, and, you know, they're not relying on one or two that could go in the tank. But the other thing that I thought about, too, is our Learfield, you know, contract with, uh, with advertising and stuff, whether that's going to really drop like a rock. Those things happen, then well, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you say you wonder... Uh, y- it leads you to think that it could happen. When you say it's really tough, assume for a second that it is really tough. What can then the schools do then? Well, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the, the NCAA thing, and I don't want to downplay that, but as we said, that could be a one-time hit. You know, you count on it, but you're, you're optimistic that it could come back, given how people are so bored in March without NCAA basketball in some ways. But I'll tell you right, you guys are on the mark. If those you know, donor dollars go down, which they will, you know, and if the, um, you know, advertising stuff goes down, some schools won't be able to sustain it. You know, I mean, if you have a, you know, $6 million reserve fund, you might be able to sustain that for a year or two to see if it comes back. But if you don't have that kind of budget and that kind of reserve, uh, schools are going to have to reduce, I would think. So I think even inside of the, you know, obviously it's one thing for the Power Five. It's another thing for the Group of Five. It's another thing for a school that doesn't play football or and then also football at a lower level. So you got kind of the four different areas in there. But if football takes the if – fo- if the football season takes a hit – Again, the the, uh, the impact isn't the same everywhere because the Power Five generates so much money. I mean, no football season wouldn't affect most of the West Coast Conference. Most of them don't play. But what happens to these five schools that have huge expenses and have 80% of the TV deal is probably on football, I read? What, what does that do to an SEC, Big Ten, ACC at that point, or Pac-12? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're talking the SEC – and you're talking the Big Ten, uh, they could sustain one year. I mean, I, you know, I, Nebraska has $100 million in their checking account, you know. So some of these schools could do it, and it may weed it out, and that's nervous. I mean, uh, I don't know if they could sustain it, though, at all, because so much of their donations and whatever. So if they don't have season, I think the, the Power Five schools are, are ones that are going to really suffer because, you know, they, the university's not going to help them out. You know, at least in general, they're not, unless you're Cal or somebody like that. We see now that everything has changed as far as the way we're doing business day to day. But you still get on Twitter and you see all these players fill in the blank school. I've received my 15th scholarship offer or whatnot. So it's clear they're still doing recruiting. 
I'm wondering through this, and you talk about how spring recruiting is a major expense, since the, they're sort of a new way or a different way of doing it, do you think that going forward we could see some change and administrators could realize, hey, you could still recruit, but we don't need to be flying people all over the place. Do it the way you've been doing it now so maybe you can save some money in the long term. I, I think you're right. It could be something because the way we recruit now, all, all kidding aside, or maybe not kidding aside, I mean, you're, you're coaching football and you show up at the school in the spring just to say Coach Jones was here. You know, then you have your jersey on and, you know, the joke in basketball is you go to a, a gym in Las Vegas for eight hours and uh, have your Utah jersey on and, and pretend you're interested just so the parent or yeah. player can see there. It's silly. To be real honest, it's silly. When I sat in my chair, I go, geez, but nobody wants to unilaterally disarm is the problem. But it would have to change. And, and a new way of recruiting makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, you know, you still want a kid to visit campus, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, so many of these kids have committed even before they've been to campus. You know, so I think you're right. That's a huge expense that if I were to look at it, just thinking about it right now, that would be one that I would love to see be changed. Although it's a lifeline, it's also, and I, now I can say this, but, you know, it, it's kind of a, a part of money you don't have to spend, really. I mean, you're just showing up is what you're doing sometimes. What about the schools that have been carrying a lot of debt? You talk about a school like Nebraska has huge reserves, but I've read stories about UCLA and Cal, and i got to imagine that they aren't the only two. Uh, but I lived in California, so I follow them closer. But what happens to those schools that are uh, in that kind of situation? Well, you're going to take a look at everything. You're going to take a look at every staff you have. You may level your sports. When I first started, we had, you know, a level one sport where you had four, two women and two men, where you you had the full allotment of scholarships, and they could be in-state and out-of-state. And then there was level two where you could only have, you know, maybe half in-state. And then there was level three where there, you didn't have all the scholarships. So I think you're going to reduce that down. You're going to take a look at the – you know, the, the the 16 guys in suits on basketball staffs and the 4,000 guys with red shirts on the side of a football and say, we don't need all these guys. You know, that's a hard thing to say. And, and you're going to look at schools like Cal. I mean, why is Cal? I mean, God bless them, but this may be their excuse. Kind of along the, you, you said, Pat, that why do they need so many sports when they're, when they're losing money? You know, so it may cause people to... Uh, and more than one, which is nice. Like I said, unilaterally disarm is hard because you get clobbered by, all kidding aside, you get clobbered by, uh, uh, you know, the media, and then you're, the fans will do it and say, well, Utah doesn't committed to being big time, and, you know, before you know it, you're alone out there. Yeah, right, I got you. But, you know, I've been in those gyms in Vegas that you speak of, and it is just like a who's who of coaches with their shirts on, with their logos, and that's it. And they're all just sitting there. Yeah, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. You know? Right. I mean, it's a joke. You know? Yeah, I mean, and yeah. coaches, coaches will tell you that. I can tell you that now because I, I don't have a coach that would get mad at me for that. You know? But, you know, the coaches know it. They don't want to sit there in a 105-degree weather outside and hot inside and sit there all day just to say they're there. I've actually seen prominent coaches who've won national titles stand in lobbies so they can just have that, what do they call it, incidental bumping into, so they can just say hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, and I don't think, you know, the kids don't, I can't believe they're impressed with that. I really can't. 
you know, it's more, can you pay attention to them, you know, electronically? Are there other things you can do? Can you have a, you know, a, a what's it, Zoom or something with a family and, yeah. and go through right. some things and talk to them? And, you know, the, the, you know, right now we have students that that's how they're learning in high school. You know, I have grandkids now. They're not high school, but I have grandkids now. They're doing Zoom today. You know? Correct. And so uh, I think in a kind of a weird way, uh, now the schools that have ridiculous amount of money aren't going to want to do that because they're going to want to try to outspend everybody to put them out of business. But, you know, I think this is a chance to maybe, because it's desperate times, take desperate measures. I don't know who said that, but... Uh, you know, that may happen now. And it would be good because it would clean up some things we waste money on. I mean, I had an expression with the staff. <laughs> I can't use the word, but it was kind of the bag of crap theory. You know, they have a bag of crap, so we need a bag of crap. And if we had two bags of crap, we might be able to out-recruit them. So this, literally somebody would come in the office. I said, is this a bag of crap thing? And, you know, is it something we really don't need, but we're just trying to keep up with the Joneses, which is yep. kind of a joke. You know, I mean, it's, you know, they do this at X school, so we got to do it because how can we not get them if we don't do it? You know, so those things may have to be left out. I was talking to Morgan Scally about recruiting Texas, and I said, you know, I, I, I've actually had a couple people I know who've relocated to the Austin, San Antonio area, and I'm like, that area's just blowing up. Uh, how much do you look at kids from there? And he said, well, I go to Houston and Dallas, he says, within like the Houston airport in a two-hour circle, there are more schools there than there are in the whole state of Utah. And he said, yeah. I only have so much time. You know, the NCAA's got rules, and I've got these responsibilities, and I've got the NCAA window to fit it into, and I've got the, just the physical time of driving from school to school and going into the school and talking to whoever I've got to talk to and, you know, seeing whoever i got to see. But then I've got, you know, it takes so many more minutes in traffic. He says, I just don't have time. There's, there's too many people. There's too many schools. It's too big. And I'm thinking – well, there's a Morgan Scally who's got that job responsibility at every school. Everybody's recruiting Texas. All the time on the airplane, all the time clearing security. It's bad for the coach's um, you know, personal life. That's a bunch of dead time. You're not with your family or your friends. It's expensive for the school, and it's not really that efficient. He could, sitting in his office in 10 or 15-minute segments, he could call, text, or do you know, FaceTime or Zoom meetings or whatever with way more people. It seems like this really is a chance for people who want to reset it to try to reset it. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought about that, and I'm glad you brought it up because it really is. And you, you may have to look at some of the craziness of how we spend money. And you're right. There's so much time wasted on the plane, so much time on renting your car and driving. Mm-hmm. And then you go see the kid, and he's actually you know, 30 pounds lighter than you thought he was. And you're going, oh, my God. So all of a sudden you wasted all that time on a guy you don't want. And it also back on campus, and again, I hate to be negative, but there are a lot of people that do a lot of administrative work about recruiting because the coaches are all gone. And it may come back where the coaches spend, you know, time at home doing recruiting and save that time from on the road. So there's, there's areas that I think it, if it could be cleaned up, maybe it will, because I, I think that that's a good point you guys are making. I think there are some things to, to recalibrate what we're doing. I'm wondering, too, on the scheduling, because you talk about times on flights. Uh, you know, Utah went back to northern Illinois and all that stuff, and I know this year they're going to go to Wyoming. So why not keep the scheduling non-conference 
in in all the sports really more localized and and even if you had to play somebody twice they say in basketball a home and home in a non-conference you know why not do that if you can save money yeah i would think that with the the sports that generate money that may be a little less likely you know but you got a you got baseball and softball who play 56 games. You got to be kidding me. 56 games? I mean, they miss so much class, it's silly. And why, you know, they could reduce the number of games they play and still have a wonderful season. I mean, so, uh, and it costs just as much to fly a baseball player as it does a basketball player. So, uh, you know, I think you, we got back to the fan attendance thing, and I think that, you know, playing more a couple, on national team every year, I think, helps your season ticket sales. But there's so many other sports that you could reduce and make it regional, that's for sure. Chris Hill joining us here. Uh, one thing that surprised me about this cut from $600 million to $225 million in the NCAA payout is uh, we've heard how the payout has averaged out over six years. So this right. seems like a big hit. And I was wondering, does that mean there's going to be a hit like this for the next five years? Because there ought to be some revenue being rolled forward from the last five years but yeah 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 that that's a good point i mean and and some people it's really hard to do a good job explaining that once you about the six-year roll but how about this year with the pac-12 they've had some down years in basketball now all of a sudden they're looking at you know uh seven six seven teams getting in they win a couple games that becomes like 10 units and that's you know more million let's say eight or more thousand more than they got the Average the last five years, and now I can tell you're falling asleep, but that does roll on, you know. So here, that's a big deal. I didn't think about till just now that it could cost the Pac-12 a little more money, or or opportunity money they didn't have. So we know that the winter and spring sports got canceled, and that the spring sports are going to get their eligibility back. I really don't see how you can give winter sports eligibility back because you look at okay BYU they and, and Utah State they didn't get to go to the tournament. But Utah season was effectively done. They didn't have any seniors of note this year, so it really doesn't apply to them. But they very well could have had two or three. So my point being, and I want to get your thought on it, is that I don't see how the NCAA can give back a year of eligibility for winter sports people, even if it would have meant uh, they had a, an opportunity to play in the tournament because it's maybe one or two games. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it happening. You know, um, and I'm going to miss on his name, but the really good player from Utah State who made that bucket to win, what's his name? Sam Merrill. Sam Merrill. Yeah, I mean, I saw an interview on him, and, you know, you've mentally gone through the season. You you know this is your last season, uh, and you can't replicate it. They may not be in the same position next year to have the great year they had, and then you come back for a year, and it's a bummer. Plus, I think people are ready to move on. So if they're honest, I think the players would want to move on. And I, and I don't see it making any sense to, to take care of the winter sports that way. It doesn't make any sense. It's a shame that it happened, but it, it doesn't make any sense to give them another year. Bronco Mendenhall gave an interview back in Virginia, and he was talking about the potential impact on the football season and said that um, – Everyone needs to start thinking about what a shortened season looks like. And he said, maybe, I mean, nobody nobody knows, but maybe there'll be a window for like an eight or nine game season, conference only games. Does that make sense to you as a potential option? How small could the season get and still be a season? Yeah, again, every, everything that we, we talk about here is, is driven by the, the really, really, the, 
the uh, Power Five schools and and also the ones that make you know uh, Saturday is a twelve million dollar day, and so that's going to be hard for them to drop back like that. You know, we used to only play eleven games, and we went to twelve to generate more money, uh, kind of like the NFL did, and. Um, I don't see it going back, you know, the games, because the argument will be, uh, you know, the kids enjoy games. How can we cut that one opportunity? You're still going to practice as much, blah, 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 blah. So I just don't see that happening. I could see schools, leagues playing each other more. You know, I could see why not, you know, the SEC, that's why they're playing, now playing some Power 5 schools. I mean, Utah's taking advantage of that with, I think they got Florida and somebody else I can't remember. Arkansas. Yeah, but that's because the SEC doesn't want to play nine league games. But, you know, why not 10 for the Pac-12, you know, and have a closer team, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, sure. That's part of the scheduling adjustments that they can make yeah. to save money and all that stuff. Uh, we, You have spoken about how fundraising is such an critical component of the job. Uh, if you're an AD today – under the circumstances, are you that much more nervous about fundraising? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was kind of like 2008, uh, and you're worried there. This may be more permanent. You know, if you looked at how many jobless number, what the jobless numbers are now, it's, it went down pretty darn fast. I mean, it wasn't yes. like in 08, you drove by a, every restaurant and it was empty and all those people are laid off. So it's going to make a big difference. And the person that's running the, the restaurant is not going to have the money available they did. And the foundations that give money, you have money in stock. You know, so you take the, you know, the Eccles Foundation or something like that, if no fault of their own, they're going to have less money to distribute. But again, I, I can't forget about <clears throat> those 20 schools that are totally independent financially, make money hand over fist. They may try to squeeze everybody and could could form another division who knows all right chris a lot of stuff to think about there we appreciate your time and the expertise thanks for uh coming out of retirement for 15 minutes and uh sharing some knowledge all right well good good to, good to visit with you guys you all take right. care have a great day and make sure you aren't near each other okay <laughs> we're not <laughs> it's a, it's a serious thing and you know I'm, all of us are taking it real serious and it's it's awkward but it, you know it's also the right thing to do so it's an you know it's just the way it's got to be yeah. so thank you gang thank you, you chris all right there's chris hill